0: you're listening to the abide podcast to find out more about abide go to Abidechurchfl.com and enjoy today's message birthday and, and today um let's go ahead and dive in we want we want to, i want to share the scripture that has been kind of the cornerstone for this series and it's been isaiah 56 verse 7 i will bring them to my holy mountain and i will make them joyful say joyful, joyful. he will make us joyful in his house of prayer it's his house Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted. So as we bring to him whatever we have to bring, he will accept it. You have to know this. He will accept whatever we have to bring. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Not just for Lithia, not just for Tampa. His house of prayer will be established throughout the nations. And we get to be a part of this narrative. We, We get to be a part of what God is doing on the earth. So we know, listen, we know, that we are not going to be a church for everyone. And we're okay with this. Say, it's okay. it's okay. It's okay. We know that we will not be a church for everyone, but we know that we will be a church for some. Yeah. And what we have set our hearts to is we want to be a church that is creating real disciples of Jesus. Yeah. We want to move past the 20 minutes, the high buy, and the 20-minute message, and we want to get into everything that God has for us. Yes. And in order for us to step into that, it looks like us giving ourselves to the place of prayer. For us becoming a corporate body, pursuing the person of Jesus and having relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. So I want to say this because I thought it was important today. I want you to acknowledge and to realize the Holy Spirit is a person. This is not this like mystical ghost fog that comes in as we worship. The Holy Spirit is a person and this person is pointing us to Jesus. He is pointing us to Jesus. So listen, as a house, we've made, we've made up our minds. We want to be one house with many voices. But every voice must point to him. No voice must ever point to themselves, to the worship team, to the ministers. It is a house with people who are consumed with this. We must touch Jesus. How do we know whether we succeeded or we failed? Did we touch him? Because we serve, my wife said it this morning during pre-service prayer, We have not a high priest that is not untouched. Meaning as we come to him, he is moved. Do you realize this? You move God. Like your your little life, as insignificant or as huge as you think it is, and I don't know where you fall. Some people think they're amazing. Some people think they're nothing. But wherever you land in in that mess, you have to know you move him. Like when you come to him, yielded you move him when you come to him in pride you move him and i want us to get to the place where we are aware of both of those that when we come in humility we know his heart is made glad but when we come in pride we can know we grieved him can we is this a little bit too raw for the first five minutes because this, this is everything. And one of the ways, what we're going to talk about, I believe, is, is, is kind of the, the, the pit, like the apex of this, is entering into relationship with Jesus with a posture of Thanksgiving. say thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Entering into relationship with Jesus with a posture of thanksgiving is everything. So that the Bible gives us a progression as to how we enter in. It says we enter into with thanksgiving his gates with thanksgiving his courts with praise and what it's pointing us to is this place where the presence of God dwells where the manifest presence did you know this is this is the point and it's not about establishing that here it's about establishing that in your home and establishing that in your heart so Covey came up to me and he started to talk to me about about this this posture of thanksgiving and what it looks like not to just have it at a abide, but to have it in your heart. So here's, here's what I I'm going to start here, and then I'm going to pass it off to Covey. I gave you a warning. That when we talk about entering his gates with thanksgiving, as we progress to intimate relationship, the goal is intimate relationship, right? This is the goal, that you would not know Jesus through my expression or through our worship team's expression, but that you would know him. This is the goal. That's why Paul says, I, I, everything else in my life is worth nothing except this, knowing him. Yeah. So this is the goal. But as we enter into this, I want you to see that the door to this is thanksgiving. And thanksgiving is more than this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you. That, that's an aspect of it. But true thanksgiving starts here. It starts in the heart. So, so go ahead, Covey. Share for a moment.
1: Amen. Yeah, so like... I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a heavy preacher. Like, I'm not going to yell. I'm more of a teacher. I like to like, like, try to explain, like, like, what he's doing, like, what he's saying in my heart. So I want to say this in a way that's understandable. I asked the Lord, like, what does it look like to be a house of prayer? Like, mm-hmm. for corporately, this church to be a house of prayer? And his response was that before we could be a house of prayer, right, or a house built for him, sorry, we have to have homes that are built for him. Yes. And more importantly, we have to have our houses like this flesh yes. built for him. And I believe that in this time, like right now, the Lord is breaking this this, this notion of like simple Christianity. Yes. Okay? Um, importantly, like where we come to church and we've got on our, our super smile mask, right? Yeah. And then we sing songs like, we're getting ready, we're getting ready. And we don't mean a word that we're saying. <laughs> like we don't believe a word that we're saying. Yeah. But we've got this mask on. And um, and then we leave We leave church the same way that we came in, right? And then we go throughout our entire week with all of our busy schedules to come back to church the next week the same way. And so we want to put process, right? Um, We want to give words to what it looks like to offer, like, a heart to the Lord. And that word is Thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Let your joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer in the midst of everything. Always give thanks for this is God's perfect plan for your life. And the New King James Version, it says this is God's perfect will for your life. And, 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 and here's, the, here's the point. Here's the, here's the idea we're trying to convey. It's that this heart of thanksgiving, right? Which Pastor Gio said isn't just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That is a part of what a heart of thanksgiving looks like. But a heart of thanksgiving is a heart that is postured towards the Lord. And it agrees with the fact that he is good. Because here's the point. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what that means is that he is always good. Okay? And so when we enter into situations in our life where we give our thanksgiving to things like shame and depression, right? And we accept that instead of posturing our hearts to the Lord. Here's what happens. The Lord didn't change. He didn't become ungood. Yeah. Come on, come on. You know what I mean? Our, 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 our perspective is what is different. Our perspective is what has changed. So we always have to be looking inside of our, inside of our heart constantly, looking at the Lord and making sure that we've postured our, our, our eyes towards the Lord. Because number one, the scriptures say that this is the will of God. Yeah. If we're not starting from this place, yeah. then the whole foundation, no matter how big you build it up, when that, when, that, when that trial comes, when the situation comes, it's just destined to fall down. Thanksgiving to the heart is looking at God and saying, I know that you are good. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and how do you know? Listen, you'll know that that has settled in your heart when you stop questioning the, his ability to allow his goodness to flow to you. Yeah. So, like, I was talking to my spiritual father, and he had talked about a season where they believed that they were going to have a child and that child ended up passing away in the womb. And he was assured. And how many of you know in that moment, it's really easy to question. Yeah, right. And he said, in that moment, and I want to say this because this is important. You may not walk through that, but you have to make the determination in your life that no matter what situation you find yourself in, you will not question his ability to allow his goodness to flow to you. Yeah. So in this scripture, it's important, right? It doesn't say to be thankful for every situation. It says be thankful in every situation. Those are two different things. Because when I walk through a situation, I don't have to be thankful for it, but I could be thankful in it. And so, like, in this room, if I take off my glasses, I can see all of you. But you look like messes. Like, it's, it's blurry. You don't look as pretty. And what Thanksgiving does, that's why he says, Paul says, always be joyful. Because joy is a choice. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy, is not a, joy has nothing to do with what you're going through in life. Joy has to do with the ability from you to receive from your heavenly father everything he says is yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless of what your bank account says, regardless of how your kids are acting, re, you hear me? Yeah. It's the ability to say no matter what is going on in my life, I will, I will protect my heart from the seed, the lie, he has bypassed me. Yeah. And this is what we all wrestle with. We get robbed of thanksgiving. We get robbed of this posture of heart because we have been taught that our faith is reactive. Yeah. Yeah, I give thanks. I can say thank you, God, when you, you've done what I think you should do. <laughs> oh, I'm preaching good. <laughs> but the greater level, the posture of thanksgiving has says this, no matter what I walk through, you are good. No matter what situation, no matter what I see, I choose to put on the lens of faith. And so there's a scripture here that, that, that we were going to read, um, Hebrews, Hebrews 16, sorry, Hebrews eleven six. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So, like, you need to know that, that God is holding a pen, and what he's trying to offer in your life is faith. It's not, just pro, it's not just blessing, prosperity. It's not your New Year's resolutions that you re- wrote down. The gasoline to you accomplishing the things you wrote down is faith. So the Bible says faith comes how? By hearing and by hearing his word. But what allows those things to be solidified on the inside of you is you must believe that He exists. Not just that He exists, but that He rewards you. Like He wants to reward you. And I don't know why we believe, we, we, it's easier for us to believe that God would chastise us than that He wants to bless us. And the paradigm He's trying to break and shatter is that you realize He is good. And that he wants, he exists, he is real, he is present. He's not this far off God that, that is disconnected from you. He is a present father and he wants to bless you. So we have to ask ourselves, right? Like if I'm not receiving the things that, that I know I'm supposed to receive from him, then, then, then the gap, the lid is on my side. This has led me to start to ask, right? God, what in my life is stopping me from receiving everything that you've given me? Now the question is, how do you get there? Through Thanksgiving. When you enter into your place, I want you to know that there is more of God available at your house than there is here. I want to look you in the eye, I want to tell you, there is more of God available in your, in your closet, at your kitchen table. There is more of him available at home than there is here. The reason it becomes easy here is because you have stepped into an environment where we have said, we are going to enter in with Thanksgiving. And what it does is it, re, it realigns us. You want to say something? Go ahead. I do. Thanks. <laughs> I won't tell you know, like Marcus.
1: I, I, I really wanted to hone in on this thing where, where we alleviate ourselves of the burden yes. of this. Our burden is not to build our faith. Yes. Right? If faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and, and he is the author of our faith, then it is him who has given us the measure of faith. The faith has always been there. It's not yes. something that we're striving, that we're striving to build, if that makes any sense. And if, and, and, and if God has given us that faith, and I'm gonna give it right back to you, I just wanted to make this point. But if God has given us this faith, then the thanksgiving or the posturing of our heart is the conduit for us to be able to assess it, to operate in it, to move in it, to use it. You understand? Because if we know faith is synonymous with the word belief, if we know, if we have set our eyes on the fact that God is faithful, that he is good, right? That is what bolsters up our faith. Not us, right? Not us. Not anything that we've done. That's what bolsters up our faith to say, you know, when, they, when you ain't got no food in your refrigerator, yes. man, I know that you are a God that provides, yes. right? I know that you are a God that provides because you are who you said that you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense. Or when you yell at your kid, you know what I'm saying? When you get mad because uh-huh. they write all over the, you know, the wall or, or whatever the case may be and you, and you respond the wrong way, you know, you can say, I know that you are a good father. And because you are a good father, you are teaching me how to be a good father. Yeah. And, and, and this, is, this is the, this Thanksgiving of this heart posture is what bolsters our faith and allows us to be able to live out this life or this relationship, you know, with the Lord.
0: And so every, every most mornings when, when I spend time with the Lord, the first thing that I do is I just begin to write down at least three things I'm thankful for. Usually one of them is always my wife. So that's a rule. And, and brownie points. But, but, but what I've learned is there's a rhythm, yeah? And I was thinking about this rhythm of life, and, and I was reading this week in Proverbs, and it was saying there's a proverb that says, Oh, child, listen and be wise. And then it says this set your heart on the right course. And I don't know if I talked about this last week. I know I talked about it to our staff, but I, I've come to the realization it's easy for my heart to get off course. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't have to, I don't have to try to get it off course. It just happens. Yeah. There, are, there are pressures and things that, that come in life. I think that's why Paul says, in every situation, be, be joyful. Have joy. Hold on to peace. Fight for peace because the pressures of life. And so I was thinking about Thanksgiving, about, about this rhythm, and I realized the reason that that. I enter in with thanksgiving is I want to be on his rhythm, right? Like, bro, can you just, can you just do this for a second? A lot of times when I enter in, go, keep going, keep going. A lot of times when I enter in, my, my place of prayer is this. And I'm fighting and there's this tension. Am I the only one? This is where most people give up. And it's like, I'm just not, I can't feel you. I can't hear you. And then I start to thank him and things begin to go And then we, we get, are you, are you understanding? It's not just because I want to know, oh, well, God. It's not because he needs to hear. He's good. He knows he's good. Come on, yeah. It's not because he's just like dictator. It's like, you tell me everything I've done. Prayer doesn't change God. <laughs> it's, we don't go into the place of prayer. To, prayer changes you. Yeah. And so as I enter into this, thing, this, this pattern, this lifestyle of thanksgiving, I feel his rhythm. And this is the goal, right? Because we don't want to pray or live life from this place that we're trying to grab things and wonder. The Bible's clear. You have been given the keys to the kingdom. And the, the way you access those keys is to lean on his chest. It's to be close. The people, you're like, man, some people, they just know how to pray and things happen. Stop that. They're just saying what he's saying. They've come so close to him. They've allowed the barriers of their life to come down through thanksgiving, yeah. through realizing, oh my gosh, no matter how, I'm going to be thankful, Lord. I, I, I thank you. And, and, and really, Covey, you wrote some amazing things down. Prayer assumes things. There is, a, there is an assumption to the life of thanksgiving. And the first thing it assumes is everything is grace. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Say nothing. nothing. There's nothing you can do every good thing comes from him so like the goal of this life is to remove the obstacles that are distracting you from him it's like what in my life is cluttering my ability to to allow thankfulness to to flow out of my heart and the first assumption is i have to be close to him because he is the one who supplies every need it's entirely from him and this frees you from striving you're like, well, my life is a mess. It all comes from him. You're like, well, I, I, I just don't know how to fix you. It's not your job to fix you, boo-boo. Your job is to receive. Yeah. It's to receive and believe. We're going to go back. Believe that he is God and that he rewards those that are seeking him with a sincere heart. Yeah. Many times we come into the place of prayer and we seek him for many reasons. We seek him like this is the danger of only seeking God when your life is falling apart. Because he says, You, ha- you have to know me, but you have to seek me sincerely. Not seek him for his hand. Come on. Yeah. I'm not preaching. Actually, I'm ta- we're, we're having a group discussion here. How many times is it easy? We'll say, Well, we don't have anything else to do. And I will go and I will pray. That's a dangerous indicator that God has become a last resort, and he'll meet us in that place. He'll meet us in that place, but what he wants to do is he wants to author faith, where we start from this place of, God, you are good. So it assumes everything is grace, and we've been saying it. It assumes he's good. It has to be our default. God, I know this feels this way. I know so-and-so prophet told me this, but, but what I know is you are good. Say, he's good. he's good. Listen, what we're trying to do is break these parameters. For you you to be able to enter into a relationship, right? Because prayer is relationship. Prayer is relational. It's moving from acquaintance. This is acquaintance. If the only time you see God is Sunday morning between 10.30 and 12.30, it's acquaintance. And he wants to move us into friendship. And for me to be a friend with you, come on. I know a lot of you, but in order for me to become your friend, we had to move beyond Sunday morning, right? We had to say, hey, let's be intentional and put something on the calendar. Let's grab coffee. Because in order for me to know you and for us to move from acquaintance to friend, it's going to require time. So, so we sit with the Lord and we say, God, I thank you. And we begin to just, we, we, we begin to say things because it literally, listen, even the secular world knows the power of thanksgiving. They call it positive thinking. Good thoughts, like send your good vibes, all of the what is it? It's it's like it's it's the channel of God in order to author faith in your heart. And so I want us, I want us to enter into this place and and I want to say this that there are highs and there are lows. There are moments in your life where it's gonna be easy to thank God, and there are times where it's gonna be costly. I was thinking today, I'm like, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we figure out when, when, when we end worship? I was thinking that today. When does, when does worship end, right? I just had this thought, I'm like, man, I want worship for our house to end the moment we've poured out every last drop. And there are these moments where, where Thanksgiving allows us to enter in, to pour out, you understand, and and, I'm meaning in our life, to enter into an offering when Pastor Len said talked about him worshiping God through losing his child, I thought, man, that's costly. Anybody can worship, anybody can give thanks and praise when things are going great. But but when life, when you've hit a low, it's costly. Even to allow the words, God, you are good, to come out of your mouth. But I've learned that these moments, they are beautiful. These are moments you're never gonna get again. In heaven, there is no pain, there's no suffering, there's no burdens, it's all gone. So the only moments in my life where I have the opportunity to present to him this costly offering, when I don't feel it, is now. And what ushers us into that way is a posture of thanksgiving. I wanna get here, bro, because I think it's important. so how many of you have seen all the staffs around? Yeah, all the, baby, can you bring my staff? This is my staff, and I love it. Um, the Lord started to speak to Stevenson some while ago. This staff means nothing. It's like it's not, there's no power in the staff. It's like an, an, an what Stephen said is it's an outward expression of an, of an inward reality. So like it has some of my favorite scriptures ever written on them. And I, sometimes I just set it before me, and I just pray and I remind myself who God says I am. Not who I feel I am, not who people say I am. Who God says I am. And so he's been walking around and um, giving, you know, as the Lord leads him. And so this is my staff. And so a while ago, um, he said, man, I really feel like Covey is supposed to get a staff. And I'm like, go for it, bro. And so the, the and I'm going to stop. I'm going to let you talk. But it's interesting because Stephen, uh, the Lord always gives Stephen certain things to put on the staff. But, but Covington's staff was bare. It had nothing on it. And so I want to let you share about that because I think it's metaphorical for where, where a lot of us, it's not, let's say, it's not about the staff. Man, I want to end up on YouTube like, hey, it's not about the staff. Golly, not about the staff, yeah. But I, but I do want to allow, allow the Lord to use it as a representation of where I believe a lot of us find ourselves in life. So you want to go ahead, bro?
1: Yeah, let me go get it. Let's go get my staff, boy.
0: Mine looks so dainty next to his, right? That's why I got the bigger stool.
1: (laughs) It's a big boy staff right there. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, um, this is my staff. And uh, I'm going to repeat it. This staff means absolutely nothing um, in in the wood itself. It's just a a symbol of of really what's happening on the inside. And I remember the day, this is going to be a little bit of a long story, but I, I promise you that it has a point. And um and yeah, I'm just gonna pray real quick, sorry. <sighs> Holy Spirit, I just invite you. I just invite you to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or even more importantly, Lord, we just we just say that we're aware that you're here. Yes. And let's ask that you would. Soften hearts today, yes. that you would make them soft ground to receive what you are saying. Yes. So, Stephen gave me this staff, or didn't he? He told me about the staff. He said, Bro, because I saw Gio walking around with his staff, you know, I was a little jealous. <laughs> and I was like, like, Bro, I really want a staff. And, I, and and Stephen finally told me, yeah, I'm making you a staff. It's gonna be I, it's gonna be hard because you're super tall, and it needs to be really tall, and it is really tall. And um, he said, I want you to think about what you want me to put on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you can see with Geo staff, some of his favorite scriptures on it, everything on that staff has a meaning to him inside of his heart. And I and I remember when Steve. This was probably what four or five months ago, maybe when you first said it, and. Um, and I remember him, and I remember thinking, okay, like, cool, okay? But, you know, when I stopped to think about what I would put on this staff, the only thing that I could think of was just negative, man. Like, not God is good, but, like, here's, 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 here's your staff. It's a symbol of, of, of and I'm just going to be raw, all right? It's a symbol of your crackhead parents who didn't want you. You know what I'm saying? Or, here's your staff, a symbol of a God who passes by you. You get to watch everybody else get blessed, and you never will be. Here's your staff, a symbol of a person who will forever be broke, busted, depressed, damaged goods. And I thought to myself, I don't know what to tell you to put on a staff. I got nothing for you, buddy. It's by the, the very goodness of God that I'm able to stand up here and do what he's called me to do. Because his word is without repentance. I can operate in the gift that I'm operating in, but in my heart, man, I'm trash. You know? And, 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 and so I never told you anything. I never gave you one scripture, did I? Never gave him one scripture. Because I was like, I don't know what to say. And in my heart, in, in my heart I feel like um, if you don't know me, I'm just not gonna do something that's not real, like bro. Like when, like I always told, like, and this is a, this is a little funny, but I always said if somebody ever prays for me, I'm not giving you no courtesy fall, bro. Like if it's not the if it's not the spirit of God, I'm not doing it. And so I didn't want to give him a verse because I know in my heart I don't mean that. You know what I'm saying? And so we got and so we got to the point where you know we did the Awakening Conference. And, you know, the Lord had already been dealing with me on this idea of prayer, not being just, oh, Lord, above the cherubims and the seraphims. But it's actually like it's a relationship that we are establishing and proceeding with in our life. And Corey Russell got up on the stage and he started talking about prayer and he said, man, I wonder what would happen if I asked you guys, man, who wants your prayer life? And I was like. No, like, honestly speaking, and this is just me being vulnerable, nobody wants my prayer life, bro. I can barely talk to the Lord. All I can think about is, is how much of a piece of trash that I am. You know what I'm saying? And then every, every little bit of, of every time I have one of these moments where I experience the goodness of God because, oh, my Lord. He is just so faithful, right, that even when we turn around and, like, be running, ah, 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 ah like, and, then, and then he catches up to us. We see him. It's an amazing moment. And then we go right back to, this, to that same other thing, <laughs> and run away, and he's faithful to keep coming, right? Yeah. But I said, I, said, I have, I have there, there is nobody that I can give my, my, my prayer life to, because it sucks, okay? And, and, and just to caveat this here for a second, I want to make something evidently clear, just clear, okay? We are not some perfect example of what it looks like to have a relationship with the Lord that's so perfect that is unattainable. Yeah. I Grew up looking at pastors and thinking that is literally Jesus like twin. I, there's, I can't ever, I can't achieve it. I can't do it. I can't have a relationship with the Lord like that. And what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm, I'm opening myself up so you can get a glimpse of what it looks like to be Covington on a daily basis, and know that what we're talking about here. Like, we are walking this out, too. And we want to invite you in on that journey. Just wanted to say that. And so we had an an amazing, we had an amazing, like, first service with Corey. It was was so awesome. And um, I remember, you know, it was just amazing. And then at the very end of the service, you know, I'm sitting over here uh, on the floor of the second service on Saturday morning. Friday night was amazing. He came in. He is so in tune with the Lord that he read some scriptures and, like, the the room fell apart. It was the most amazing thing. It marked me forever. But Saturday morning, you know, I I was so blessed by the Lord, you know, on on Friday night. Saturday morning, and I just want to show you what this looks like. Saturday morning, I'm I'm standing over there. We're getting ready to end the service. Our entire staff is sitting on this this front row, and he begins to come down, and he begins to prophesy over them, um, over certain details and over certain things. I remember sitting in my corner, and in spite of the fact, hear me, y'all, in spite of the fact that, man, the Lord was so good that Friday night. The enemy in that corner was like, you see that? That's where you're always going to be, over there in the corner. He will always pass you by. The Lord has nothing to say to you. And, you know, I would love to sit here and say, I said, get behind me, Satan. Uh, Just get out. But I didn't. I believed it, hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and sinker, and then the service ended. You can ask my wife. I told her, the service ended. I just I left. You know, I, I bawled all the way home, and I, I literally I, I took off my clothes and I got underneath my underneath my covers, and I just cried, because I was like, Lord, why do you keep passing me by? And the truth, the truthfulness, I had exchanged my thanksgiving that that posture that I just had 24 hours before I exchanged it for depression. I just gave it away. Right. And I, and then I, and then I presented this question to the Lord as though he, as though he's not who he is, who he always is. Right. And, and so I I asked the Lord, you know, why, why do you keep passing me by? And then I don't know what happened. I I was thinking last night, I was like, how do I tell them What, what, changed? I don't really know, man. I call I, 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 there was a point where I was in my room and I thought to myself, man, heck no. I wish I would have done it over here in this, in this corner. But it was like, heck no, this isn't the Lord. This is the enemy. And I called Gio and we talked about it. And then he said the same thing. You got to stop believing that the Lord is passing you by. And, um, and so it was, it was, I had to take my, my, uh, my, my heart, right? And I had to reposture it on the Lord. And, and man, here's the crazy thing, okay? Is when I did that, it was it was as though none of that stuff had happened. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. When I postured my heart back towards the Lord, all of the pain and the hurt, yeah. it was as though it never happened. And you know, and so it made me think sometimes, man, you know, I think the inner healing and stuff like that is a fantastic tool. To be able to get over some of the things of the past, but I also think that sometimes we just need to posture our hearts yes. towards the Lord. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even when I make mistakes, and I made some mistakes this week, and I felt like dirt, and I repostured my heart towards the Lord, and all of the guilt was gone. Yeah. You know, in an instant. And this is what this is this is what we are trying to relate to you. You know what I mean? That we like it's not unattainable. Like there is a, there is a real Jesus who who longs to encounter you, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, I just don't know how else to put it, yeah. is that when you see him, everything changes. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and what he's looking for, oh God, is a people who would give him their whole selves. Yeah. We said that Thanksgiving assumes that everything is all grace and it means that we have absolutely nothing. I'm naked like this staff. I don't have anything. I have nothing to give. Because everything is already his. And so the only thing that I can give him is, 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 is my thanksgiving. It's my heart. And if, and if I can posture myself in a place where I believe that he is good, then I will believe that he will be a good steward of me. Yeah. And so we talk all the time. About being a good steward. About what God gives us. And we don't believe in our hearts. That he will be a good steward of us. Yeah. And so we give our thanksgiving to everything else under the sun. We exchange it for everything else under the sun. So that we can find some sort of sustainability. Some sort of peace in our lives. When God is good. And if we can offer our whole selves up to him man, he will not let you down. He will steward you well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You've never talked on a stage. You don't know how hard that is. So I asked him, I'm like, hey, bro, like how? What are you going to put on your stuff? He's like, I'm naked. It's naked. And I'm like, where are we going with this? But I I love that. I love that you can see that one of our staff members, this is where they're at. And it doesn't make him any less like the the, the trap is that Cup look at was looking at my staff and saying, Why can't I can't have that. And what's funny is I look at his staff and I'm like, bro, can you get me a naked one? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that like that's the way the enemy works? Yeah. You know, that that he would pin us against one another when really all he wants is for us to be open and realize we're on this journey. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put things on, on my staff. I, I'm just trying to be open before the Lord, and I'm trying to allow him to lead us. But it all starts with this posture of heart is God. I trust you with my life. And, like, I don't know if this helps, but, like, I, I just want to ask, like, if, if there was a stick in front of you and you had to put your life on it, what would it say? I don't know. You know, like, for some of us, we do not even want to think about that question because that's rough. But what, we, what, what, what you need to do is first identify where you're at so you can allow God to rewrite your story. Because here's the reality. Whether you acknowledge it or not, it's there. It doesn't matter whether Cub was asking himself that question or not. His, he felt like his staff said, crackhead orphan, forgotten and bypassed. And what the Lord wants to do is he wants to erase those things and begin to write a new story. By authoring faith in your heart through thanksgiving. Oh, it's not hard, but this will bring healing to you this morning. It will bring healing to you to know that it's not your work, it's his work. And for you to realize that no matter where you find yourself, God will meet you there. Like he really, really, really will. And he cares, I want you to hear this, man. As a spirit-filled Pentecostal church, he cares more about this than he does your speaking in tongues. He cares more about this than using you to heal someone. He cares more about this than your worship expression. Because like what he wants for all of us is to get to a place, oh bro, this is embarrassing. (laughs) Is to get to a place where we find ourselves like this. And I don't know what's happened in the church where we think the goal is this, but, but it's really not. Like, if I had a dream for a church, I would want a, a thousand people holding this, saying, I don't know. I just know, like, I'm naked before him, and I'm just allowing him to author my life. You see, and, and, I, and, I, and I feel this. I, I want to read, read the scripture, and then we'll close. You want to hop on the piano? Some mood music, bro. In Philippians 4, we're told this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, which, which is telling us he wants to hear. This, he wants to hear what's going on in your heart. It's not ugly, too nasty. He wants to hear it. Tell him what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, say then then you will experience God's peace. Like his peace, which the Bible says it exceeds anything we can understand and his peace will guard your heart and minds. My goodness, this is a promise that as we bring our our crap to him and we begin to thank him for the things that we can, like, I want to ask you, man, like what monuments have you built in your life to remind you of who he is? Some of the people that I have seen that do the best at this, they have set up monuments. They have set up things in their life that remind them, oh, that's who God is. Because there are times where you're not going to see it. There are times where you're not going to hear it, but you can always remember. Nobody can steal that from you. So like when the people of Israel were crossing over into the promised land, what did he say? Take stones from the middle of the Jordan and set up a monument. He says why? Why? Like why set up an altar? One day people are going to come and they're going to ask you what's that about and you're going to be able to say that's when God had us cross through dry ground in the middle of us. Are you getting it? He's establishing a place of reminding ourselves who God is. So I just, I want to ask us this morning and me and Cubby we really, we're on the same page on this. We feel like the lord it's a moment of of honesty of vulnerability but but that will lead to healing and some of us man we we just want to act like yeah you know here i am i got it together but i believe today there's an opportunity for us to say man if we were to ask ourselves sincerely there are some things that need to be erased and some things that need to be established And it comes through the posture of thanksgiving and humility. So Covey felt like we just needed to open it up today and just allow people to enter back into the place of first love. To be honest and respond. Because listen, your ministry, all the good things you're doing for the Lord, they mean nothing I could I pay my bills. I could even be a good dad to my kids. But if I don't give my wife attention, it ain't going to work. It requires us to come to this place of saying, Lord, I want to be naked before you, fully exposed, so that you can begin to heal us. So let's all stand. going to pray to end the service I'm gonna pray what I'm hoping is unto a response and the response is this man I want to posture myself before the Lord and I want to give him space to speak into my life are you hearing me are you alive I want to give him space to speak into my life what he wants to author with the pen of faith some of you we may just need to repent and ask the Lord God forgive me for thinking of myself that way But in order for you to think a new way, he has to speak to you who you are. I can't say it to you. No book is going to give it to you. It's going to start with you getting before the Lord, honest, raw, and vulnerable, and saying, God, speak. So I'm going to pray that, and I'm going to pray that the voice of the enemy would be silenced. And then if you're here, man, and that story that Cub was sharing, I know that some of you, you felt it in your heart, like a string was pulling. If you felt that, you need to come forward. And just yield, get before the Lord, crisscross applesauce, whatever you got to do. And don't leave until you feel like, man, you feel a release, amen? So Father, I pray right now that you would silence every voice. Lord, I know, I know in this room there are many people that are on the same journey as Covington. All these emotions and all these things and what we're asking is that you would restore that you would heal, that you would speak to every single person and that you would author faith, that we would be able to see things for what they really are. And God, give us the grace to respond. Father, we bind pride, fear and all these things that would keep us from being vulnerable, but we want to find ourselves with our staffs fully vulnerable before you and saying god have your way have your way in jesus name listen i'm 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 gonna be up here i want to invite you guys up if that's you to just yield before the lord and to just give him room to speak and and I, i do believe it is getting out of your seat today usually we say it could be anywhere but i believe it needs to be a response this morning for you coming before the lord so we'll meet you up we'll meet you up here about whether you love the lord or don't love the lord or you you feel like you're broken i really believe right now and i I want to read the scripture to you to author faith it says this the lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed the lord would not put that scripture in there if there weren't people that were going to be navigating life in this place so I'm not saying this right now because it, because I want to expose you. I'm saying it because I want to stand on the scripture and I believe the Lord wants to bring healing. But it's going to require you right now to just be honest. So I'm going to ask it, ask it as I feel it. If you're here and you say, man, I feel that. I feel broken in this season. It could be emotional, spiritual. It doesn't matter. And I want to let you know that in this house, that kind of response, what it does is it gives us more respect for you. If that's you, would you just raise up your hand right now? I feel broken. We're going to pray. We're going to get some people around. Anyone else? It doesn't have to be a bunch. I feel broken. I want my leaders to find someone right now, and we're going to pray. Anyone else? Just come around. Anyone else? Hand up high so we can see you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a few more. Anyone else? I just want to wait for a moment. Yeah, can I get someone right here? Hey, Choo-choo. Right here, yeah. Yes. I just want you to pray right now, and I just want you to bless them right now. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. But father your word says that to the to the brokenhearted you are near and we know wherever you are near there is wholeness <laughs> there's wholeness God so father right now in Jesus name we ask that you would bring wholeness to every heart to every situation Lord and father even on behalf of those people who have wronged and have spoken negative things that have caused brokenness that have caused weariness, Father, we speak life over them right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you that you are restoring identity. You are restoring identity. You are restoring peace. You are giving life. Oh, you are exchanging beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for heaviness. And God, I thank you that what we have felt is our inheritance. You're releasing newness of life. Newness of life over every person. And Father, every weight, would just pray that the weight would be broken off of them. Every weight that they've been carrying, that they did not even know they were carrying, God, we speak a fresh yoke. Father, your word says that your, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So Father, we ask that we remove the yoke of heaviness, the things we have connected ourselves to, and that we would yoke ourselves to you. Oh God, that we would stay connected to you, Father. Father I pray over every home we pray for peace in places where there's chaos we, we pray peace we pray over our spouses that you would bless them that you would meet them oh. God that you would become real to them give them a grace to make time to meet you We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We trust you. You rescue those whose spirits are crushed. Come on, Psalms 34. Somebody, you're going to have to write that down and keep it before you. He is near to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. You are near to the brokenhearted. We rebuke every lie right now. For those that feel that you are far off and distant, and we can't hear you, we bind that lie right now. And I ask that you would crash into every heart. Let's just seal this with worship. You are King of Kings.
1: You're my King,
0: Lord of Lords. Oh, it's all him. Lamb of God. Lamb of God. Oh, you're everything. King of kings. Come on, just, just lift up your hands. Lord of Lord. Lamb, of God. Lamb of God. Yes, Father.
1: Beautiful. It's who he is. father God, you're wonderful beautiful king of kings
0: lord of kings lamb of kings beautiful I just want us to make this declaration together to say father let's try it again father I receive Everything you have for me. Again, Father, I receive everything you have for me. Father, I pray that that would become reality over every single person in this place. In the name of Jesus, that every person would receive everything that you have for them. You need to know that God has more for you. He has more than a sermon and a podcast and a song. He has an amazing, beautiful journey for you. So, Father, show us. Show us what that would look like. And let us walk through the doors of thanksgiving. Make it easy, Lord. In a world that's full of negativity and criticism, and it's so easy to find fault, let us find joy in every season. Let us see you in every place so that we can give you thanks not for, but in every circumstance. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. You feel good? (laughs) Hey, can we give Cub a hand for the vulnerability? Wow. Hey, listen, I know, I know, and I'm just gonna say this, I know when you hear sermons like that, you're like, man, we need to tell him he's jacked up. We're all a little jacked up. Here we are, so it's okay. I know Cub, I know he does. he's not looking for like pats on the back. He's just trying to be honest so we could all find wholeness, amen? So give somebody a hug. Next week, Burning Hearts Prayer Room, 7 o'clock. If you want to be a part of the outreach, stay here. They can be right here on this front, on this front section. Um, I encourage you to stay. That'll be next Saturday morning, so just stay for the meeting.